now just going to share a story about uh, living an intentional life. We had been doing Bible studies as a family, you know, hit and miss. You know, one day I just kind of thought, we're busy doing all these things, we're just not busy doing important things. And so I made a promise to God I was going to be intentional and we're going to do Bible study every night um, as a family. And we started doing that and, you know, it'll last five minutes sometimes and sometimes we'll get in a discussion that'll last an hour. And the most amazing part is that they all opened their hearts and accepted Christ at our at-home Bible study. Wow, that's pretty powerful. Hey, listen, parents, you're making a difference. What you do matters. And what you don't do matters as well. Uh, there's a multiplying effect. It's a little bit over an extended period of time. That's the way life works. Uh, you take 70, 80 years on this planet, it's a little bit every day over an extended period of time that either gives us better health, worse health, in every area of our lives, let's face it. And so um, it's not about perfection, but it's about doing that next right one thing. And we're picking up from a show earlier in the week uh, with callers standing by we're going to get to that are ready to tell us what it was that brought them to Christ. And why we're doing this is because their stories will be a reminder to each of us that we all have different paths. And if your heart is being tenderized today toward Coming to Christ, I hope you won't turn the radio off because it seems a little offensive to you. Just listen, hear the stories, and allow God to speak to you. Maybe today is your day. Uh, we got callers standing by. Let me let me get uh, to the calls first. Roxana in yeah. uh, New Mexico. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you? Good. Good. What uh, what was it, Roxana, that sort of impacted you to bring you to Christ? Uh, well, my parents were Christians, and they always went to church, and so I was born in the church. Mm-hmm. And with my parents and the pastor and my older Sunday school teachers, I remember a lot of older Sunday school teachers, ladies that taught us, that led me to Christ at six years old. Mm-hmm. You know, those little old and, ladies that were teaching Sunday school, uh, if they were still around today, to to hear your story of how you impacted their life is a reminder for all of us that are teaching those Sunday school classes today. And you wonder, is that six-year-old listening? Is that six-year-old in, tuned in? Um, well, you were, and it made a difference in your life. How has it made a difference in your life, Roxana? Well, um, with accepting Christ so early in life, I've had people tell me, they would tell me their stories of, how they went through addiction or were hooked on alcohol or something like that. And they got saved later in life. And I used to think, man, mine's kind of boring. You know, I got (laughs) saved at six and didn't go through all that stuff. But I had a couple of them tell me, do you realize how much we wish we were you and got saved when we were six instead of went through all the stuff we went through and, um, got saved later and were grateful for that. But, but, uh, they, they just made me realize how blessed I was and how much God protected me through my younger life and keeping me from things that could have been Mm -hmm. dangerous and and harmful to me. And so, and the one thing, and it helped me with my kids when they got uh, saved because they were saved pretty early in life too. My mom told me, she said, I knew God was speaking to you because you were asking questions that normally a six-year-old wouldn't know and wouldn't understand to ask. 
And that's kind of what happened to my son, one of my sons, too. So and it's we, kind of interesting. And well, we all come in a different path, and, and, and you're absolutely right. And I would say to all each of us who maybe grew up in a Christian home had that really advantage um, to hear, hear the story come to Christ maybe early. I look at it like on the highway of life. You took an early exit. You know, you say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my life to Christ early um, in, in the process of living. And if it really is true and real and we allow God to work in our lives, it does protect us from a lot of garbage. There's no question about it. It doesn't mean you're not going to have garbage in your life. We all do, okay? But um, it certainly can be a positive thing for how we live. But I would say to those of us who have accepted Christ maybe earlier in life, it's easy for us, as Roxana was saying, to look at other people and say, well, why, why don't I have a story? And, and we take for granted because sometimes those who've come through just uh, difficult situations in life, and that was through the tragedies of life that they come to Christ, um, there's a different, well, they have a different story. But you know, it's the same God. It's the same salvation. Very powerful. All right. Thank you, Roxana. Uh, let me go to Daniel in Texas. Hi there, my friend. How are you? Doing good. Good. Uh, tell us your story. How'd you come to Christ, Daniel? Well, Growing up in California, my grandparents up there, my grandfather was the youth minister, and my grandmother was the children's pastor. I always would always hear, constantly hear the stories, but it didn't really strike me until about, I'd say the age of six, when my little, si- my little sister was out swimming in the pool and everything. Grandmother was busy on her phone. I see her arms going under her floaty and her starting to sink. So I just dove on there, saved her life. Hmm. And then that Sunday, I just went straight to the pastor and said, hey, I'm ready to give my life to Christ. And hmm. so the next, the Sunday after that, got baptized. And but just like you said, Doc, we all go through a lot of hard things, even when we take the early route. Yeah, we we do. I mean, it, it's not a it's not a um, you know vaccine against uh, the realities of life because um, they still hit. But what it is is we know Christ. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. If we allow that to flow through us to face some of these difficult things when they come, for sure. Interesting. Uh, your sister is drowning. You jump in. You save her. There's a reminder of the brevity and importance of life. And uh, we hear these stories. We hear these stories, and I wonder, um, you know, how it impacts us. You know, this recent story we had of the Buffalo Bill football player who was who was seriously injured on the football field just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, his heart stopped, and and you know the story. It's been on national news and on all ESPN, all sorts of places. And uh, how he's basically he was he was gone, and they brought him back to life with the resuscitation, take him to the hospital. What was interesting is you saw all of these players, dozens and dozens of players on their knees praying. And you saw even on, on I think it was on ESPN, one of the commentators praying. And it, it was fascinating to me how life we can live at this level of, you know, just getting by and doing things and enjoying life and doing whatever we do. But then all of a sudden there's this reminder of the brevity of life and uh, it, it brings us sharp sharply into focus of the question of what really matters, what's most important. 
And I think that a lot of the stories we hear come from stories, those moments where all of a sudden the brevity of life comes in the sharp focus, makes a big difference. All right. Uh, I'll tell you what, um, Stephen, my senior producer here at Intentional Living, uh, come on in, my friend. I know you have, um, you, you've been with me over 20 years, more than that now, a bunch of years. Um, and come on in, because I'd like to have you share just a moment to tell us a story about your dad and uh, what happened in his life, and then we'll put you back to work. <laughs> but, uh, Stephen, go ahead. Just uh, take a moment. First of all, thank you for your work. But take a moment. Tell us about the story of your own dad. I was the baby of the family. You know, I was out going to college, grad school, blah, blah, blah. But my dad was always, my mom was a believer my entire life. But dad was always kind of like the good guy who just never got around to it. And I'd have a chance to talk to him about Jesus. And, and he'd kind of, his eyes would glaze over. And, you know, oh. so I put it, you know, I just kind of let it Thank rest. Thank you, son. Yeah. <laughs> Next. So he died suddenly in 1987. And I get a call from mom saying, your dad's dead, come home for his funeral. And so I go home, not knowing his spiritual condition. I mean, he never said anything, ever. And so I get, I get home, we're in the middle of preparations, and mom and I are walking up to the church to Davis' funeral. And uh, I'm just weeping, and I just, you know, I'm not in any condition to do anything. And, and we go through the service, and, and this is a little church in a little bitty town, and they always have potlucks, always. And so I was at this potluck and a young lady that I knew from high school walks up to me and she goes, you didn't know your dad got saved, did you? I mm. go, what? Yeah, Brad led him to the Lord. And Brad was a, uh, a retired pastor who became a carpenter. So he kind of did the reverse of Jesus. He became dad's friend, even when he was a pastor. And uh, he led dad to the Lord. Of course, that oh. meant that dad had been a believer for about a year and never bothered to tell his favorite son. So that wow. was a shock. But to have, to have that... Uh, sorrow and, and, and pain released because he was, he was now before the Savior and not going to the other place. Yeah. Very encouraging, isn't it? It, it really was, yeah. That's great. I've never heard that story. Thanks for sharing this. You're welcome. By the way, the phone's ringing. Get back in there. Yes, sir. My friend. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living, and we'll be right back. The words we choose are important. Jesus' words speak to the essence of who He is, as our words are a reflection of who we are. So what do the words we choose to live by every day say about us? In Dr. Randy's teaching, Words Are Transformational, you'll learn to choose a word for the year that will define who you are and how you'll live. When you come up with a word for the year, you can remember it. You come up with a mission statement of seven or eight words, maybe you can remember it. You come up with a whole paragraph, it's gone. As a new year starts, support Intentional Living with a New Year's gift of $50 or more. When you give, we'll send you the teaching and we'll throw in the Growth with Gratitude journal that will help you build gratefulness to God and others into your everyday life. We'll email you this month's exclusive teaching and other intentional living tools each month. To receive this month's teaching and make your gift for the new year, call 888-888-1717 today or visit theintentionallife.com. That's theintentionallife.com. All right, and I hope you'll do that. Thank you for joining us in our listener-supported ministry of Intentional Living. We're very serious about one thing, and the one thing is this. 
life is short. We have a choice. We can either live a life filled with regret, disappointment, um, or we can decide today that we want to live a life that's uh, pleasing to Christ. It's going to bring benefit to the world, to those we love, and to ourselves. It is not about perfection. It is about, first of all, coming under the lordship of Jesus Christ in our life and then choosing to live our lives. And that's what we teach a lot about in our marriage and our family and so on. How do we live? And so when you're a part of intentional living, we're all about helping you do that for God's glory. And our team put together a really spectacular book called Grow with Gratitude, a guide to cultivating a great attitude for gratitude in your life. And it's a daily what it is, is you put the date, there's a scripture, and then you can just uh, journal your what you're grateful for for that day, what your prayer is for that day, and some affirmations that you're declaring together for that day um, between you and God. There's 120 pages, so if you do that every day, that's about four months, isn't it? About four months worth of uh, just encouragement for you. Uh, that's going out to those of you joining us in monthly support or sharing a gift of $50 or more for the ministry. And, of course, you start receiving the teaching as well every month, this word on the power of one word for this year. Just go to theintentionallife.com, theintentionallife.com, or call us right now, 888-888-1717, during West Coast Business Hours. Our staff will take your calls, okay? 888-888-1717. I'm sure they'd love to be here at night, but they want to be with their family, too. So, anyway... West Coast Business Hours, 888 and press number two. Stephen, you were sharing about your dad, and I was thinking about my dad. My, my dad uh, didn't grow up in a Christian home, didn't grow up to, to know Christ until he was late 20s. Um, my dad was a musician, um, played saxophone, had a dance band uh, back in the 40s, traveled up and down the west coast of Michigan and Chicago and that area. Um, he had all the band and the dancing girls and all the stuff that went on with the, the 40s. You can picture it, right? And um, and then a friend of his died. Killed, I think it was a motorcycle accident. He went to the funeral. And the pastor said, my dad always said, the pastor looked and said, if that were you in that casket today, where would you go? And that was the turning point. My dad gave his life to Christ. Then he hung up his saxophone because he thought it was an instrument of the devil Of course, in the 40s, it was an instrument of the devil, right? But he put it up, and some Christian brothers came along and said, no, man, leave that saxophone back out and let's go. And they all would go down to the bar where he used to play before, and he would start playing his Christian hymns uh, on the saxophone until they threw him out. Because they didn't want any of that at the bar. I could see the owner say, no way. You get these people saved, they're not coming back. Anyway, that's, uh, that's my dad's story. And um, he shared it often during his lifetime. Hmm. What brought you to Christ? That's really what we're talking about today. Let's get Eric on the line in Michigan. Hey, Eric, how you doing? Doing good, Dr. Randy. Appreciate your patience. Uh, tell us, what, what brought you to Christ? Well, when I was younger, my family would have devotions, and I got saved one morning. And like you've been having all the other people say, I had a influence of a godly grandmother and grandpa. My grandma would used to pray for us, take us to church. And this year I do bell ringing every year for the Salvation Army. And this year I met a lady who's 74 years old and can remember my grandma taking her to church. And she's a believer because of my grandma taking her to church. 
or something. And Dr. Randy, I was in tears that day when I yeah. thought about what my grandma, she wasn't no special, but she was just willing of God. Yeah. And that's a legacy. And how I got to listen to you was my grandma would blare family life radio 24 seven at her house. <laughs> like it or not, you're listening to it, brother. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. So I just want to tell you guys thank you and in honor of my grandma Donna Brookins. Thank you, Grandma, because she was the bedrock of our family, and we're still all believers today, going to church. Yes, we've had our struggles, but my grandma never. She used what she had, and to this day, I got a legacy. Mm-hmm. Amen. You sure do. A lot of grandmas out there making difference. You may be the only finger in the dike, spiritually speaking, for that family, grandma or grandpa. And uh, you matter. So make it matter. Okay. What brought you to Christ? Thank you, Harry. Appreciate your tenderness too, my friend. Uh, Yana in uh, Arizona. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, What was it that brought you to Christ, Yana? I feel like it's a series of things. It's it's hard to pinpoint just one thing, but I was born and raised in Czechoslovakia under communism in the 1980s. And uh, my grandparents forced us to go to church, but I never really understood what it meant to have a personal relationship with Christ. Um, we moved to America with my parents and they didn't make us go to church. And I thought, oh, as a young kid, I'm like, oh, what a relief, one less thing to do. I went to college. We lived in New York. Um, at my last year of college, I got a, I was fortunate, fortunate enough to get a fellowship in London, and I worked there for two months. And I think my second week there, I was kind of touring. I was uh, in Kensington Park, and I saw these people playing, young, young folks playing volleyball. And I'm like, oh, I really want to play volleyball, and um, had a great time. And um, one of the girls invited me to to her church, and I'm like, huh, this looks like a different kind of church. It looks like people are having fun. Um, So she invited me on Sunday, and the the first thing I was worried about is what do I what do I wear? And Mm -hmm. I was worried about my external um, appearance. But God, you know, He wants to see the heart. That's all He wanted to see. And so I went there, and I didn't fully understand everything that was being said. But I knew that people loved Jesus, and they were singing and, and just talking about Jesus in terms I could understand. And I think that's one of the things that God used to open my eyes and bring me um, closer to Him. And um, so it was a simple invitation. I got plugged into a small group, and I asked all my silly questions, things that didn't make sense. And God, you know, they always pointed me to, to the Bible and to God's Word and, and just used that time to, to grow uh, me in Christ, and I think it's still a process. And I think God is still teaching um, us, like how to how to become closer and how to be more Christ-like every day. You know that volleyball player. Imagine if she hadn't asked you, hadn't connected with you, engaged, yeah, and said, "Come with me." It was all the Holy Spirit. I mean, I, right. I feel like it never hurts to ask, right? People can can say no, and that's okay, and God will still use it. You know. But he he brought me in, and and I I sat through one service, and it was so compelling. I wanted to I sat through five services. I didn't want to leave because I wanted to just learn and learn more about Jesus. And and it's sometimes it's funny how God takes us out of our comfort zone, um, and then moves us sometimes across the sea to 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 find us or to to pull us in. You know, so 
I think it's cool just just to continue to be open-minded and see God um, in different daily opportunities. Well, Yana, thank you for taking time to share your story. It's a powerful story. You think about going to, you don't think about going to, to London to receive Christ. That's not, that's not the center of evangel, you know, evangelical outreach. And yet there was a a bright light there in that young lady's life that uh, made a difference and brought you into a place of, um, of learning and growing and you gave your life to Christ. Powerful. And that, and that wasn't my plan. It was God's plan. That's the beauty of it. Um, that he takes us. And before I left London, I got baptized in Trafalgar square in the fountain before I left. And I thought that was beautiful with my small group, you know, friends. Yeah. And so I'm just so thankful for that time in my life. Amen. Thank you, Yana. Very encouraging. Appreciate your call. Peace. Bye. Yana from Arizona now. But uh, you don't you don't think about going to London, you know, to get saved. But you go to London, and there's there's all over the world, there are these points of spiritual light, the Holy Spirit moving in people's lives. Um, it can come to Christ wherever you are. It's not it's not just something exclusive to the United States. Okay, um, people being reached around the world. Let's take a break, Jennifer. We'll be right back. Scientist Andrew Newberg writes that a single word has the power to influence the expression of our genes, our genetic makeup, and actually to regulate physical and emotional stress. There's power in our words. You think about the words that we speak or the words that are spoken to us, how they impact us emotionally and relationally. And uh, we're in the ministry of words here at Intentional Living and through our radio ministry and our online ministry and our podcast. We're in the ministry of words. Think about the words in your life today that mean something, words that have been spoken to you and the importance of the power of words to influence your life. The power of words, one word, one word can change your life. You think about it, uh, you get the word cancer, change your life, divorce, love, um, lots of words. So words matter. And I thought, you know, because I tend to be a little ADD and I can get lost in many, many words because I am a person of words to think about the power of just one word to sort of be a, an arch over my life in 2023. And I thought about a lot of different words, gratitude, trust, thankful. There's lots of good words and they all have meaning and whatever the word is for you, you should pick it. But I pick the word health and the focus there is not just physical health. It's about having health in all the areas of my life. How can I have health in my emotions and my spiritual life, my walk with Christ? And I was doing some reading about, uh, about one of the early psychiatrists talked about mental hygiene. We talk about mental health. Mental hygiene, taking care of your mind, just like you take care of your teeth and your body and your food and, uh, and being hygienic. And we need to do that spiritually as well. What are some things that we can do to build spiritual hygiene in our life? take care of our spiritual life um, and, our, and of course our marriage and our family and so on. And so throughout this year, if you're a part of intentional living, you're going to hear a lot about some really practical things that you and I can do to have that kind of hygiene in our life, uh, which is really intentional living. And so uh, thank you to those of you who are members. Thank you for your financial support. Thank you for your faithfulness. And uh, the book I mentioned earlier, the Grat- grow with gratitude book, Hey, powerful, and uh, we're loving getting this out to you, as well as the monthly teaching. To find out more about Intentional Living, 
Go to theintentionallife.com, theintentionallife.com, and click on that donate icon. Information will be there for you. Okay, we're running out of time. Let's get Adele on here uh, from, uh, let me see, from Arizona. Uh, Adele, thank you for your call. Welcome to the program. Yes, thank you for taking my call. Appreciate um, it. I accepted Christ at 10 years old, and through my life, um, things happened, and I got into a desperate uh, situation, and uh, the Lord met me through a church, and man led me, um, recommitted my life, and uh, I've been serving him ever since, and uh, he's done miracles in my family only out of seven kids only one is still drinking and i'm still praying for her so i'm just grateful to god for everything he's done in my life so that i could help my family to Mm. get free of all this crap Mm. that's what it is too and listen it's a day-to-day isn't it when you when you hear the word intentional living intentionally what does that mean to you adele at this stage uh, whenever you go through anything, whenever you get up in the morning, knowing that you're going to serve God that day and intentionally doing it. And when you run into things like uh, in a store, intentionally smiling at somebody and uh, being kind, you know, intentionally, just intentionally doing things that you know the Lord would want you to do, mm-hmm. making that choice. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Thank you. Hey, quickly, Rebecca, you've been waiting. Uh, we got just a few seconds left. It says here that uh, you knew about Christ but didn't have a relationship. Tell us about it. Uh, first thing, I, I, I didn't need God. You know, I could, I could do it on my own. I didn't find a need for God. And one day, <laughs> I was telling everybody, I don't need you. I've done this. I've, I've got this. I, you know, I got life under control. I got a job. I got this. I got that. And one day, they just showed up, and because <laughs> I couldn't afford the medications for my daughter, they huh. came and got her so they could get the medications for her. My identity at that time was I was a mom, I went to work, I took care of things. But now I have a new identity. I have a new identity in Christ. Mm. I'm his child. And now my children are his children. Amen. So it came out of a pain point in your life, huh? All of a sudden you realized you weren't in charge, you weren't in control. Oh, I cried for a year, I'm telling you. A year. I mean, you couldn't even say hello to me without me crying. Mm. But I got into the Bible, and I read every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. How long ago was this, Rebecca? This is 1997. Uh, What difference has it made in your life? I have more faith. I know that there is nothing. I may go through an eviction. I may go through a car wreck. I may go through not being able to get something done. But in all that, God still loves me, Mm. and, and, and he's got it. Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but you have my plan. Could you please show it to me? Mm, that's a great way to end. Thank you, Rebecca. You got a story? You got a story? How you came to Christ? Tell us about it. On our storyline, 888 If you don't know Christ today and you've been moved, the Spirit of God has brought you to a place of decision. Can I challenge you today to just simply pray, Lord Jesus, in your own word, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I can't do this on my own anymore. Would you come into my life and save me for all of eternity? And to the best I know, I'm going to follow you every day of my life. And you know, as you say that prayer, whatever words you use, God hears your heart. And then be intentional. Get plugged into a church that's teaching the Word of God and continue to be filled with His Spirit every day. I'm Dr. Randy for our entire team. God bless you for joining us. Have a great day. We'll see you next time.